few weeks ago, somebody posted this to my Facebook timeline. This uh, t-shirt. It's a t-shirt. And it says, Pastor, because hardcore devil-stomping ninja is not a job title. Not an official job title. And, uh, I, and somebody's like, what do you think of this? And it's like, let me tell you what I think of that. Uh, I am not a hardcore devil-stomping ninja. Most of the days, I feel like the devil is the ninja stomping all over me. I don't know if you ever feel that way, but I know that there are days when I get so bogged down by temptation and my struggles with sin, and and I know you're thinking to yourself, Sean, you're perfect, you never sin. (laughs) Uh, I feel like a failure half the time. I feel like a miserable, sinful failure. I I, I do not feel as though I am a devil-stomping ninja And like I said, I feel like the devil's stomping all over me. How many of you ever feel that way? That that you're just, temptation and and sin is is always at your door. Temptation and sin is always right there with you. I I know for a lot of times that uh, I struggle with different struggles of of sin and temptation in my own life. And uh, it's hard to know uh, that God is even with me. And that God is not completely disappointed in me. And God is not completely angry with me. That God is not waiting with lightning bolts to strike me down, you know, because of my sinful tendencies, because of my sinful nature, because of my sinful habits, because of the things that I think and say and do that I know that I should not say and think and do, and yet I do them anyway over and over and over again. I struggle with sin and temptation. And here's the saddest part. Let me tell you what the saddest part of of it is, is that it's not always a struggle. You ever feel that way? That it's like, you know what, forget it. I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. I'm not even going to struggle against it. And so we have these sins and we have these struggles and we have these temptations in our lives. And some days we feel strong. Some days I feel strong. I feel like the devil stomping ninja. Right? And it's like, come on, bring it on, man. I got this. Those days are few and far between. Rather, it's the days where I feel weakest that the enemy comes tempting. The enemy comes calling. And I know, I know, I know that it is the enemy who is doing this to me. And he is my enemy. In the book of James, chapter 1, verses 13 through 15, it says, Remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. We have a sinful nature, and the devil, the enemy, preys upon that sinful nature, knowing. Now, don't get me wrong. The devil is not all-powerful. The devil is not all-knowing. The devil is limited. The devil is powerful. The devil is scary. But he is not all-powerful. He is not all-knowing. And we need to have a healthy fear of the devil, but not give him more credit than he is due. We need to be aware that there is an enemy, and the enemy is tempting us. God is not the one who tempts us. God is not the one who says, well, let's see how strong Sean feels today. That's not God. God does not tempt. God cannot be tempted. 
So when it comes to the devil, I don't want to give him more credit than he's due. But at the same time, I need to be, have a healthy respect, healthy fear of the devil. I know that like in my own life, I really do have this struggle with sin and temptation, this struggle with doing the wrong things, saying the wrong things, thinking the wrong things. I, I, I want to read you a passage of scripture because this is where I really resonate. This is what I, what, what I feel. In Romans 7 verses uh, 15 uh, through 25, it says this, it says, I do not understand what I do. For what I, for what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, sin, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. I know that nothing good lives in me. That is, in my sinful nature, nothing good lives in me, Paul says. I feel that. For I have the desire to do what is good. I want to do the right things, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am. And if you feel like a wretched man or woman, Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. He is the one who rescues us from this body of death. He is the one who saves us. That when I, I I don't understand. I tell you what, I've been walking with Christ for over 30 years. Over 30 years I've been been in a relationship with Jesus. Uh, December 9th, 1981, I was baptized at the First Christian Church, Crown Point, Indiana. I started walking with Jesus. I've been at this for almost 35 years, and I still can't get it right. If I had a job, if my job was to follow Jesus, if that was what I got paid to do, I would have been fired a long time ago because I'm terrible at it. And you're looking at me going, why are you on stage? (laughs) Why do we let you do this? I don't. I don't know. Why does God let me do this? I'm a sinner. I'm a failure. And and if I were to put a wager on it, I would bet that you feel the same way. Many of you, if not all of you. We are all too well aware of our own sinfulness. We are all too well aware of our own struggles, of our own weaknesses, our own failures, our own faults. We're all too well aware of it. There's only one who's ever overcome temptation. There's only one. And and in the the book of Matthew, in chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, we read the story of the temptation of Jesus. When Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. 
If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. Jesus overcame temptation by quoting the word of God to the tempter, to the enemy. And just a side note, that's a really good reason to read your Bible and to memorize Scripture. It's so that when temptation comes along, we can quote Scripture to the tempter, to the evil one, to the devil, and we can overcome temptation. The Word of God is a weapon against the enemy. It is a, wor- it is a weapon against the devil, and it's a weapon that we should wield readily and handily. So why do we do what we do? Why do we sin the way we sin? Why do we give in to temptation time and time again? Why do these things happen? It's because we have an enemy. An enemy who does, while not all-powerful, not all-knowing, he does know our weaknesses. He knows right where to get us. Maybe you feel that. I know I do. Maybe you feel it when you're tempted to get high or get drunk. When you're tempted to cheat on your spouse, whether emotionally or mentally or physically, when you're tempted to lie, when you're tempted to steal, when you're tempted, those temptations come along and they, it's, it's like a, a boxer, just a, a barrage of punches one after another till you finally say, I can't take anymore, I'm going to give in. We have an enemy. First Peter chapter one, First uh, Peter five eight says, "Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Your enemy is out to get you, and your enemy is out to devour you. The enemy is dangerous. The enemy is the enemy of your soul, and he wants to take you down. Your enemy hates you." In in James chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Too often, we don't want to resist. We just want to give in and just go with the flow. We just want to do what we're not supposed to do or do the things that, or, or not do the things that we are supposed to do. And yet we sin, and we sin, and we sin. Bummer of a sermon, Sean. Thanks be to God who saves wretches like us through his son Jesus. See, that's the good news of Scripture. That's the good news of the Bible that even though the the devil, the enemy comes against us and tempts us to sin time and time again, we have on our side one who is more powerful, one who is more uh, strong, one who cares for us and loves us. While our enemy hates us, we have a God who, who loves us and is there for us and will strengthen us and encourage us and give us hope and power to overcome temptation and sin. We have been talking about uh, the sermon, uh, the Lord's Prayer, uh, found in the Sermon on the Mount. We've been talking about the Lord's Prayer this year at uh, GFCC, and today is the last message 
in our sermon series on the Lord's Prayer. We're talking about how the Father protects. We've looked at different passages. Uh, we've looked at we've taken the Lord's Prayer. We've broken it down piece by piece. And we've talked about different aspects of the Lord's Prayer and about how the Lord's Prayer is not necessarily a prayer that we should pray those words exactly. But rather, the Lord's Prayer gives us principles of prayer. Jesus' disciples wanted to know how to pray. And Jesus told them, this is how you should pray. Not necessarily what you should pray, but how you should pray. So we talked about different principles of prayer. One is adoration or acknowledging God. We need to acknowledge God as our Father in our prayers and adore Him by praising Him in our prayers. We need to uh, ask for our daily bread. We need to ask God to provide for our daily needs. We need to submit and surrender to God's will in our prayers. We need to take an attitude of humility before God when we go to Him in prayer. We need to ask for forgiveness. We need to confess our sins. And not only that, but we need to, conf- we need to forgive others as well that we talked about last week, the importance of forgiving others. And today we're talking about the enemy. And we're talking how the Father protects us from the enemy of our souls. And one of the principles of prayer that we should uh, undertake is that we should pray for protection. We should, and I, I, don't, I don't do this enough. I, I tend to think of myself as out there on my own, the Lone Ranger, fighting the forces of evil by myself. I can't do it. I'm not strong enough. The songs that we sang in our worship set today were all about the strength of the Lord and how God is our strength, how He is there with us and He strengthens us and He never lets go of us and He helps us even when evil comes against us. We have nothing to be afraid of for God is with us. So today we're going to look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 13. If you didn't bring your Bible, you can grab one out of the chair in front of you. Grab your Bible, turn to Matthew 6, 13. Uh, if, you, if, it's, uh, if you're using the one in the chair in front of you, it is on page 685. Next week, we're going to start a new series on relationships. We're going to talk about love, We're going because it's Valentine's Day, got to do that. So we're going to talk about love, relationships. We're going to talk about uh, friendships. We're going to talk about our relationship with each other in the church. We're going to have a a good time talking about relationships starting next week. But for today, we're going to look at Matthew 6.13 as we close out this series on the Lord's Prayer. And Jesus simply said, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. The Greek word in the original language, the word for temptation can use, has two different meanings. One is a negative meaning and one is a positive meaning. Now the positive meaning of this word uh, means that uh, to be tested, uh, to prove something genuine or true. So uh, it's a word that means uh, that you can say, well, God is testing me. He's putting me through a test of my faith to prove it true, to prove it genuine, uh, to prove it real. That God is testing me. That's not the meaning that we have here. We're looking at the negative meaning of this word, which means to be tempted to sin. And like we saw earlier, God cannot be tempted, nor does he tempt people to sin. It goes against his very character. It goes against his very nature. God is holy, and he expects holiness from his people. God expects us not to sin. So why would he tempt us to sin? Let's see, Sean. Let's see if you can measure up. Let's see if you can stand up under this temptation. That's not the way it works. God does not tempt us 
to sin. And so what he asks us to do, what Jesus tells us to pray for, is protection from situations that will cause us to sin. So when it says, lead us not into temptation, it's not necessarily, God, please don't tempt me to sin. But it's, God, protect me from those situations that I will be tempted to sin. Save me from my circumstances. Protect me from my circumstances. Protect me from temptation. Protect me from those situations that will cause me to sin. And again, God knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows our weaknesses. He knows that we are weak and that we are frail. That's why he sent Jesus. That's why he sent his son to die on the cross for our sins. Because he knows that we are, are sinners. He knows that we're going to sin. And if we, if we could be perfect, if we could uh, avoid sin and not give in to temptation perfectly, Jesus wouldn't have had to come and die. But since Jesus did come and die for our sins, we know that we cannot possibly be perfect. We need God to save us through his son Jesus from our sins. And that is exactly why Jesus came, was to save us from our sins. Paul said that, God, that Jesus came to save sinners of whom he was the worst. I can never be worse than number two. So we see that we need God to save us from circumstances, save us from situations where we will be tempted to sin. The other thing that he says, uh, the other uh, phrase in this passage is, uh, deliver us from the evil one. And we ask God to protect us from our enemy. Now, Jesus, like we saw when he was tempted, quoted scripture to the enemy. And so we know that one of the things that we learn about Jesus from this passage is that indeed he was tempted to sin. He was tempted to sin against God. Hebrews 4.15 says, We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize or empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Jesus did not give in to sin. He did not give in to temptation. And therefore he was the high priest who could perform the sacrifice that would take away our sins. He saved us from our sins because he was perfect in every way. He was the perfect lamb of God, the perfect sacrificial lamb who could take away our sins. And for that, we praise him and we thank him and we glorify him and we honor him. So we want to pray that God would save us from situations and circumstances where we'll be tempted to sin, and that we need protection from the evil one. And the good news is that God has provided protection from the evil one. Take your Bible, flip over to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 17. This is called the armor of God. God has provided spiritual protection for us, spiritual armor uh, to protect us from the devil and his schemes. Ephesians 6, starting in verse 10, says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. The devil is a schemer. He's out to get you. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, when the day of evil comes, and it will come, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. 
Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray, he says, and pray, and we should pray. And one of the things we pray for is protection from circumstances that will cause us to sin, and we pray for protection from the evil one, because he, like I said, is out to get you. But the one who is out to get you into heaven is more powerful than the one who is out to get you into sin. God is more powerful. God is stronger. God is greater than the evil one who tempts you to sin. So what does this mean for us? How do we live this out? Here's what you do. There's two things that you need to do when it comes to praying for protection. The, the first thing is you've got to pray. Uh, you have to pray. You have to ask God uh, to uh, protect you from those circumstances, protect you from those situations, and you have to pray that God would protect you from the evil one. So pray for God's protection. That's the first thing you need to do. Is when you feel temptation coming along, uh, you need to pray. When you feel weak, you need to pray. The first thing you do is you pray. You pray for protection. Lord, keep me from these situations. Keep me from these circumstances. Help me to be strong in the face of temptation. And then the second thing you do is walk away. So you pray, you walk away. Uh, this comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 12 and 13. It says, if you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. You pray, you walk away. So when you are tempted, when you are tempted to take something that doesn't belong to you, you walk away. When you are tempted to lie, you walk away. Uh, when you are tempted to cheat, whether physically, emotionally, mentally, you walk away. When you are tempted uh, to cheat on a test, teenagers, when you are tempted to cheat, do what you can to walk away. Now, I know you can't walk out of a classroom. Sorry, teach. Tempted to, tempted to look at the other paper. Walk your eyes away from the other paper. When you are tempted to sin, you pray and walk away. Say that with me. Pray and walk away. God has given you his Holy Spirit. He has given you his very spirit, his very presence in your life to help you to overcome temptation. And the Bible tells us that he will not allow you to be tempted more than you can handle. God knows you. He knows your weaknesses. He knows where you are weak. He will help you overcome those temptations. He will provide a way out. Here's the problem. We don't look for the way out. We don't look for the, we feel temptation coming along and we don't look for the way out. Okay, I, if, if the building caught on fire, what is the first thing you would do? You would look for the way out. You would look for the way out. There's a door right there. There's three doors back there. A couple doors up here. You would look for the way out. You wouldn't stand there in the fire. When temptation comes along, it is like a fire, and you need to get your way out. 
And God has said, I will provide a way out. I will provide the way out. Though when you are tempted to sin, pray and walk away. Pray and walk away. And it's hard. Because let's face it, sometimes sin is fun, right? It gives you a little bit of high. It gives you a little bit of a, uh, a, a pep. It's like, all right, you know, and there's a little bit of adrenaline. Am I going to get caught? A little bit of anxiety. And it kind of builds those endorphins up. It's like, all right, all right, all right. This is going to be fun for a minute or for a moment or even for a little while until you get caught or until your conscience is seared uh, until you no longer care about God and you lose, you give up whatever relationship with God so that you could sin for a season. It's not fun. It cost Jesus his life. He died for our sins. He gave up his life for our sins. We put Jesus on the cross. And praise be to God that the reason he went to that cross was so that we could be saved from our sins. So that if you will believe in Jesus and repent from your sins, confess your faith and get baptized, you will be forgiven and set free and filled with the Holy Spirit to show you that way out when you are tempted to sin. And when we pray and when we walk away, God is pleased. God is, uh, we, we demonstrate our love for God. God, I love you more than I love this temptation. I love you more than I love this sin. I love you more than I love this struggle. Help me to love you more, God. So we pray, we walk away, and we honor God with our lives when we do that. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, I thank you that you have given us your Holy Spirit, that you provide a way out when we are tempted, that we don't have to be hardcore devil-stomping ninjas. Jesus is the one who stomped all over the devil. He defeated sin. He defeated the grave. He defeated the enemy when he rose from the dead. So I pray that today you would help us to remember this, this simple prayer. Lead us not into temptation. Keep us, free, keep us free from those situations and circumstances that will lead us to sin. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Protect us, Father God, this week, so that in the things that we say, in the things that we think, and in the things that we do, we will honor and love you. Thank you, God, for this time together today, and we pray that you have been blessed and that you have been praised, that you have been pleased. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.